Welcome to Gaia Rising, an exploration of human healing and evolution through storytelling. Well, welcome everybody. I'm so excited to be here today with you, Reese, my, my soul brother, to be uh, launching this first or having this first conversation. Yeah, man. So good to see you here. It's good to see you too, Ben. But yeah, well, we can jump right into it. You and I grew up together. Um, our families were very interwoven uh, through the church we grew up in, which was the Eastern Orthodox Church. And our friendship runs really deep, man. You're you're one of my oldest friends, probably my oldest friend in the world. And it's so beautiful that, you know, we've had these orbits um, coming from that that same source that have coalesced, you know, in this time and this place. Like we both uh, have, have had a long journey um, from, from that place of origin um, to the experience we have now. But uh, I really... I'm just so grateful for you as, as a source of inspiration in my life. And I'm so excited to, to get to talk about um, sort of what your journey has been and, and like what's really fueling your growth uh, and just your peace. So, um, so yeah, I guess I was just going to start out by asking you about your origins uh, spiritually and where did your spiritual journey take you? Um, you know, from where we were together in the church um, to now, what's that journey been for you? Hmm. Well, first I want to mirror back to you. Yeah, speaking of inspiration, uh, it's an honor for you to say that I've uh, inspired you in any way because uh, truth is, I mean, I, I, I received your compliment. I received, I receive it. But uh, the, the amount of inspiration I've got from just following, even since we were little kids, I've just always thought Ben Timmy, biggest imagination. And I think that imagination has taken you to like do things that uh, the ordinary human uh, doesn't do. And it's really fun. It's really an honor to be able to have that kind of human energy kind of tap into and just, yeah, you're, you're, uh, you're a cool guy. You're a really cool guy. Thank you, man. You too. Um, so spirituality, um, a lot, a lot of things come up. Um, uh, was raised in a conservative, uh, loving and conservative, um, Orthodox Christian household. Um, I was, uh, I'm the middle child of seven kids and, uh, homeschooled. I was homeschooled, um, for, uh, through, through the fifth grade. I, I very much felt like a, an out of place kid, like from the beginning. It's like my earliest memories was really feeling, um, a little bit just, uh, like uncomfortable in my skin and just kind of trying to find my place, um, you know, you're a weirdo, you're homeschooled. Exactly. (laughs) Like I went, we went to church uh, all the time, you know, all the time. My parents are very, you know, like they're very devout. Um, so, you know, that was my kind of childhood, you know, uh, going to church a lot, homeschooled, 
um, kind of in the homeschool vibe, if anybody's familiar with that, which is just, you know, it's just a little bit different, you know, than like your sort of, you know, more mainstream American child life. But I was surrounded by that environment. So my parents wouldn't necessarily keep me away from it like too much. So all my friends were, you know, they had the video games and all this kind of stuff, but sneak um, over there, eat their, eat their like candy and stuff that your parents didn't have it. Their fruit by the foot playing super nintendo yeah <laughs> you're like this is living what the heck yeah where's my lucky charms like, like, oatmeal again like you oh know, god damn I don't know. yeah it's worth mentioning we'd fast we'd be eating vegan you know for like what half the year between all the different fasts you know and stuff yeah we're weirdos yeah. we're weirdos man like waking up you would go to church every sunday and you weren't allowed to eat anything before church and like you're like a little kid and you just kind of thought like, man, this ain't right. You know, at least, at least that's how <laughs> I interpreted a lot of it. Um, so yeah. at a young age, a combination probably of the desire to fit in and the desire to sort of maybe slow down my very analytical brain that moves really fast and is, can be a bit obnoxious. Um, at a very young age, I took to, to, um, you know, substances, you know, and, um, it was, it was like, I got, I'd made it in with like cool kids in a way and they were partiers. Like, and I loved it. And, uh, that was like, I, I like to think of as like a real spiritual experience, man. Like to be able to change my state of consciousness. And I think in some ways I credit a lot for, for somewhat, um, holding me for a while, you know, in my somewhat, I don't know, unstable mind, you know? And, um, Mm-hmm. you know fast forward a little bit you know I think I was maybe like 23 years old and did like a residential treatment facility for about like five weeks at a at a rehab and um did you know there was like some guided meditation classes or or things that we would do and I just had this little it was like a little seed was planted and I was like oh like this is interesting and in a similar way it was like changing my state of consciousness you know and I guess that understanding that I have control over the way that I feel was, was, was a cool thing to sort of pick up on. And, um, you know, there's a lot to that story that, that I'm kind of leaving out, but it might be just a little bit, um, unnecessary, but, you know, I, can I ask you actually to, I mean, just, just to clarify, cause we've talked about this before. I mean, you would identify as like an addict or, or you, you were, an addict or you know runs in your family right yeah I would um I still have a hard time labeling myself specifically as something but I know that Mm -hmm. for whatever reasons you know my life course has and my maybe brain chemistry has provided a very fertile ground for addictive behavior and so knowing that um, I have to be really careful about how, what things I do to choose to change the way that I feel. And, um, that same addictive qualities, you know, or maybe obsessive, you know, obsessive or whatever, um, I can use it for like going in a direction that I want to go or for, you know, burning my life to the ground. And so, um, a lot of energy, it's a lot of energy. It's a lot of energy. And it can be, yeah, like I said, it can be harnessed, you know, and used, I think, for my 
for the best or it can uh it, it will kill me and um so yeah i i i have a very addictive tendencies um i think would probably be the best the best way that i would put it and i find that um living a life that it acknowledges that you know from a non-shame-based way um is like allows me to be the happiest person you know and you know as much as i would love to be able to like you know smoke a joint and you know have a beer on occasion you know at a concert or even you know a glass of wine you know to a certain extent it's not a problem but mm-hmm. over time it's just dangerous for me and i've found a lot of ways to um i guess explore consciousness uh in a sober in so in sobriety and um but it is a challenge. You know, I still have, I still have that tendency that goes ah, like, this would be fun. Like, man, it would be really like, I have, I have a wild streak in me. You know, I've, I got a little bit of Buddha in me and like a little bit of, of, <laughs> of, uh, something else. <laughs> that's, that's like oh, a little wild bit, Bill Hitchcock. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. It's a little bit more. I, I can, I definitely like, you know, I love a rough crowd. You know what I mean? I, I fit right into, to uh to a fast lifestyle and have no that's why i like your handle you know on instagram the ugly yoga is so fitting (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. very you yeah exactly what was that process like or what's that process been like for you transitioning from addiction and escape into full embrace of just the, the these intense energies you know um, what's that, what's that journey been like, you know, to, to like alchemize that and what tools have you used in that? You know, this kind of brings me back to something we've talked about before and, and, you know, my, my path from sort of being like breaking away from a conservative Christian upbringing to kind of going the complete opposite direction um, and then for a while, I've kind of some, been somewhere in the middle, maybe even kind of swinging back and forth. And, and um, I started finding, um, I, I'd say, like friendship, you know, finding friends um, who showed me that there is a middle ground. There's a middle ground between like living a connected and grounded and um, loving life that's like that is has like passion and health and vibrancy and darkness <laughs> and also like a little bit of an edge and yeah we've talked about that whole surfing concept even in that and i think it could be a, yeah. it's a beautiful analogy of something that's powerful that could drown you this undertow this barrel you know yeah that is our experience of our mind of maybe of maybe even you could relate it to addiction or to uh, desire, you know, um, wanting uh, and, and difficult things that we come up in life that then we're learning to sort of surf that edge. Yeah, you know, um, absolutely. And, and, and then just learning that there's certain ways I don't want to surf, you know, like, 
and I've surfed them for a while and like they've been fun but like like they've taken me out a couple times you know like I've managed but like at a certain point you know especially like in relationship to other people it's just too risky for me you know it's just too risky for me mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. and and there's like it, and life is super fun um without drugs and alcohol mm-hmm. like you can still have yeah as much or more fun you know like like and that was something I didn't quite understand when I was younger you know and and over time as I found like other ways of experiencing life like you know mm-hmm. uh, spiritual connection mm-hmm. like learn just exerting yourself through physical challenge mm-hmm. um is is huge sweating you know um i love messing with my physiology you know and it's somewhat of a similar thing as as i get a similar thrill out of you know mm-hmm. i think ingesting drugs and alcohol as i do from learning that oh my god there's like a lot of ways that you can really reach different states of consciousness um sober and so yeah Wim Hof um ice baths um you know riding your bicycle you know for long distances you know by yourself which I learned from from you you know like kind of doing something that is totally foreign to you and just kind of being like, huh, like, I wonder what would happen, you know, if I put a tent on the back of my bicycle and like started here on the map and tried to get there on the map and do I have any experience? No, you know, like, like things like that are, are, are super thrilling to me, you know, and like hanging out with people like you, you know, meeting people like you who are like on, like always on that edge of, of life and like pushing boundaries and doing things that are like outside of my paradigm. Like I love meeting like you're kind of an oddball friend because you do stuff that normal, you know, where are you been Timby? I'm sailing across the Pacific ocean right now on a yacht, you know, just like, Oh, I'm in India, you know, you know, just like you are, you are that guy. And so surrounding myself with cool people or, you know, I had a friend Josiah who, you know, I remember I moved in with him and he was like, I guess needless to say, I didn't grow up in this way. Like this wasn't the family that I grew up in. And so, you know, I remember him like pulling out, you know, um, you know, like wind sail or not like, like kite, you know, kiteboarding, um, kiting sails. Kite surfing. Mm-hmm. Kite surfing. But he was like, he had like those off-road um, skateboards you know, and it was like, it's a windy day, and he's from Australia, and he's like, let's go to the park, <laughs> and, and, and no, he's, he's actually from New Zealand, uh, forgive me, just that, um, you know, just like, just like, is like, going off, and just him, like, launching up into the air, and like, just doing all these sorts of fun things, and I was just like, man, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, there's, you know, there's a lot of fun and adventure, man. And I think I still am a sucker for adventure. And a lot of my adventure has been like exploring consciousness, exploring physiology, exploring um, ways of moving through the world and, and ways of being and kind of taking on different, taking on different, even like, I don't want to say personalities, but I've, I've tried a lot of different ways of, of trying to like fit into the world. And, um, 
and I guess, you know, in some ways, like through my own seeking and through my own, like really desire to fit in and be, you know, is, is that I've actually like it, the opposite has happened where I've just kind of tried to try a little bit less, you know, tried a little bit less mm. to like be something or be somebody. And, um, I love new experiences. Like probably be the best way, you know, of, uh, putting myself out of my comfort zone trying new things, um, mm spending time with myself, spending time in reflection, um, all kinds of things like that. Yeah, no, that's so good, man. It's something I can totally relate to. I, I think it's fun to like, just share with it. You're sharing, you know, what you're sharing. I think it's cool that recovery is just like a hell of a lot of fun. It's like, get busy living is like kind of what you're doing. You know, it's like getting, like realizing these you know things that trap us are all in our head you know and like actually somatically you know physically getting outside on your bicycle on an adventure is like a catalyst for all this other life-changing and opening and expansion expanding experiences you know and also when you're doing it you know you're talking about you know surrounding yourself with like your friendships, you know, and I mean, that's so true. Like you become like the people you're around. That's a known, you know, law of the universe. Um, and like the more that you're finding edges, finding challenges, finding things that are, that you're being drawn to. And the more you're leaning into the, the unknown and the discomfort. Um, and yeah, just the challenge of it is like the more you grow, you know, it's like working out, like without resistance, there's no growth, you know, and like our lives are like that a lot. Like, uh, and, and the more that I think you're doing it, you find other people doing it, which I feel like every time we talk, it's just like this electrical sort of charge up that we just yeah. get each other rolling. So yeah, no, that's all really, uh, it's great, great, uh, advice or just, that's great. Uh, that's a great experience that I really appreciate you sharing. So, well, let us let me take this little pause and I want to flip it on you. Um, what was your childhood like and how has that evolved over time into who you are now? I mean, if I could at least just give a little bit of what I know about you, you know, into the world and who's listening is that Ben Timby is an explorer. Like, I mean, this guy is, um, He's like, he's a really real explorer. He, I think when you were 17 or 18, the first, I mean, he's probably done, did more before this, but he rode his bicycle from Colorado to Alaska where I met up with him. Um, and from then on, he's just, he's become a sailor. He's sailed the yachts all over the world. He's ridden his bicycle all over the world. Um, I don't know if on every continent but it's probably pretty close and he's never really in one place so, you know he's always just jumping around and pushing boundaries and um you know what how did you get from little ben timby to uh you know the guy that you are now and how what you know has fueled that desire to sort of uh, explore life in the way that you have you know, I think just like a lot of us um, as a child, I think we see the magic in the world and we see 
just how much of an adventure this life is and can be. Um, and then we're, you know, brought into the school system and we're told to sit in up straight in chairs and, you know, raise your hand and like regurgitate the information that's being passed down to you, which, you know, is a lot of it's like very practical and helpful. Um, but it just is, you know, we're, our minds are trained to be very analytical and very focused on, and even just like our sense of worth, like grades, fitting in what you wear. Um, that whole system, you know, of, of we're trained to be like good employees, you know, and to follow the rules, um, which has a place, has a purpose. I understand that. Um, but for me in my life, none of that has ever felt right. Um, like I've never, and for better or worse, I've just never been able to fit in even when I have tried. <laughs> so, uh, so kind of like you, yeah, I just, I've never felt like I fit in. I was always kind of an outsider, which at the time I think, you know, I was homeschooled too. And in third grade, I went into public school and I was always the last kid picked for the teams. You know, I, um, didn't have very many friends. I was very much an outsider. I mean, it, looking back, it kind of set the stage a little bit. Um, so we moved when I was 10, I think, nine or 10 from California there to Colorado. And during that time, uh, similarly, like I, well, I like started getting into, I was rebelling, you know, and it was like, I left my childhood behind and, um, started getting into drugs and uh, or alcohol and then and mostly just trying to fit in and numb myself you know and and just explore um but that never panned out as being very like soul nourishing or uh luckily though i yeah i got into bicycles bicycles have always been a big part of my path you know like a catalyst for change in my life um and kind of like you were talking about the community, you know, I, I got into mountain bikes in uh, middle school. I was introduced to mountain biking in Colorado and started venturing deeper and deeper into the mountains and got into camping at the same time and started doing trips, you know, overnighters and weekend trips up into the mountains and just a lot of time in nature. Nature always felt like kind of a home for me. Um, and then I, yeah, I got into, I, I had this vision to bicycle to Alaska um, when I finished high school and I was trying to figure out how I could learn to, you know, work on my own bike and have, be able to like fix it along the way, be a bike mechanic. And someone told me about this bike co-op called Bike Against. And it was started by an anarchist punk rocker, really cool guy. And, and I, you know, kind of been, I'd had a lot of conflict with my family from, you know, coming from that conservative background. And uh, I ended up pretty much like moving into the bike co-op. And in that world, I mean, it opened up like suddenly I was surrounded by all these creative, radical, artistic people that did not give a shit about what anybody thought and sticking it to the man and doing what they wanted. And I'm just this like 16 year old kid. Um, so that whole world, you know, like uh, talking about who were around um, and it had its shadow, too, um, and some darkness in it, too. But, uh, yeah, that was really formative for me. And then riding up to Alaska and 
yeah, my, all my years up there, I kind of got into commercial fishing, as you know, and, um, yeah, but I also like came back into Christianity at that time, you know, during my bike trip, I, I had this experience, um, in the middle of a, a lake in the middle of nowhere in the Yukon, just deep in the wilderness. And there were loons calling across the lake and there's some mountains on either side. And as I was just lying back in this canoe, the, it was like midnight and the sun was just starting to set and the loons were calling and the sky was, the sunset was just so beautiful. And I started seeing stars come out and I just was, had this overwhelming sense of like a presence of God, I guess is what I call it at the time, but just like something bigger than me and some, this divine love that just filled me like, or just was, was offering me this beautiful experience um this beautiful canvas of the sky and these loons calling and just i felt it shook me up you know i mean i was like lying there weeping and this the milky way ended up coming out and uh and i just it really affected me deeply and you know because of the because the constructs of um like our religion you know like what we grew up in like my associations with that kind of thing which i did feel like I got in little spurts sometimes and the story I was told around that was was that it, that's God and so when I got up to Alaska I, I ended up actually like rejoining the Orthodox Church and you know through my journeys through my 20s I spent most of my time kind of you know trying to reconcile my experiences with, within that framework um and so that was a place where, you know, I know we touched base briefly in Alaska in our early 20s, but then kind of went in different directions. And like that, that for me was, was really formative too. I mean, I spent a lot of time in monasteries, I mean, exploring different monastic traditions. And there's a, there's an element of mysticism in the Eastern Orthodox Church, um, deep down underneath all the patriarchy and all the fanfare and all the political, like conservative, whatever. I think the the spirit of the Christ consciousness is something that I still deeply respect and deeply appreciate. Because um, sometimes I think when you go deep in, in a lot of these traditions, especially the mystical ones, um, I'd say there's a lot of overlap, you know, I've, I discovered anyway with like Sufism, Buddhism, and like um, the Christ, the Christ message. So, um, but yeah, basically I, um, in 2018, um, I started bike touring uh, around the world and went out, like down into New Zealand and then across Asia, Eastern Europe, South America, and eventually got into sailing. And it's been a lot of traveling. Yeah, the past four years has been a, a lot of growth, you know, leaving home there in Alaska and uh, Sitka. Um, and one of the places that journey brought me, I mean, besides being in India and the Himalayas and like interacting with and going and visiting Buddhist monasteries and interacting with Buddhist people uh, and witnessing, you know, Hindu temples and just like seeing all this stuff firsthand and seeing all these people finding, you know, like Christ in these people, you know, that like had a completely different paradigm. Um just the more I traveled and the more my, my experiences and my, the information I've gathered, 
has accumulated the you know they say the the more you know the more you realize you don't know and i think it slowly was a slow process of feeding that sort of agnosticism um like that hum intellectual humility uh just seeing like you know people who i thought were like good doing bad things and bad people doing good things or like whatever like all these this duality these dualities and ways that our analytical mind is you know which is going back to like that's our western european conditioning you know uh is like trying to sort out all this stuff um i mean that was it's, it was a long process of and, you know and i think eventually it was like feeding some cognitive dissonance where i was recognizing like i was struggling a lot to like reconcile a lot of the dogma in the Orthodox church with my experience. Um, so all that stage had been set. And in 2019, um, I, well, I was connected through, I made a friend while traveling who, and we had a lot of these really deep, you know, and I've always just been so open to having deep conversations with anybody, you know, atheist, gay, Buddhist, Christian, whatever, uh, which, you know, also is feeding what I'm talking about. But one of these friends, um, I'd heard about ayahuasca for a long, for a while. And, um, and for people that aren't familiar, I'm just like a, a traditional, they call it a plant medicine um, that's administered by a shaman. Uh, and they call it the vine of death. Um, but it is basically, yeah, just a, a, a vine that's administered that um, takes you on like a some sort of I guess you'd call it like a spirit quest um, takes you deep deep into your into your heart into your um, subconscious into the deeper realms of reality um, and for me anyway uh, that whole experience um, it changed me it changed me forever uh, I had like a death and death and rebirth experience like a baptism i would almost call it or yeah i mean it was uh, i was uh i was reborn through that experience and suddenly it just shattered like all of that all those constructs of trying and trying to organize things and it just i felt the same thing i felt really out in that lake originally but just without the construct of just like god is so vast and like or like this the universe or collective consciousness whatever words you want to put on it that love is real you know god is real like and this life is so deeply meaningful and magical and um it just it was the most powerful medicine i could have ever received and it gave me so much joy and gratitude and like um conviction than me um and in this in the and in this life being like uh very deeply meaningful and so yeah in the years since then i've just been uh sort of step you know i officially stepped out of orthodoxy just because i realized it was really limiting me um even though i can carry a lot of lessons it's it's very it was very formative to me um and now I've been stepping into wider paradigms, which is where you and I have sort of our orbits have re have intersected. And uh, yeah, and these are the same things you were mentioning, like uh, meditation um, and like um, breath work, uh, 
plant medicine for me specifically. I know, I know that's been a unique part of my journey compared to yours. Um, but yeah, just all these different ways of exploring uh, growth and healing. And, and really for me, one of the biggest um, changes I think I've noticed and shifts that has come leaving Christianity, which has been so liberating, um, is really coming to like love myself and accept myself even though I as cliche as that sounds you know I didn't realize all those years you know that you know in the complex nature of Christianity with with some truths in it there's also a lot of fear and guilt and shame um and like nothing was ever you know I was never enough like I was always asking for forgiveness like God have mercy on me a sinner I'm a sinner sinner sin, you know focusing reinforcing that uh that self you know fulfilling prophecy that just like oh i'm a sinner and no like no wonder i was like you know even though i was being abstinent for like a huge period of my 20s i was still like addicted to pornography and masturbation like is like kinking this hose you know and like just like repression and rigidity and yeah and fear and shame and then like the, the cognitive dissonance of like not being who I believed I should be um had a huge you know weight there was a huge weight on me and also I could understand why that could be a huge tool for control you know fear and shame uh and like needing the priest to dispense your forgiveness through the sacrament of confession and needing all these sacraments um so yeah so like for me ayahuasca like uh and the and this new community this new paradigm has really helped me realize that the kingdom of heaven is at hand you know even as the even it's right there in the bible even though like the church itself like kind of restricts that um like and that i am you know like speaking affirmations like i am loving kindness you know like i am i'm present i'm here i am love you know like and i am everything i need to be right now when i'm awake you know and when i when i see the divine in me and i see the divine in you and it's just this you know and all struggles and all you know sin or whatever you know like uh anything that i might perceive as like hard or negative or evil or something is really just a reflection you know of my own projections um and usually challenge you know like can be there's a lot of grace in it you know like suffering is grace like ram das says i love that um like we need that tension for growth you know like we need that feedback and like anytime we're suffering it's because we're so latched onto our our desires to like alleviate pain or to or to like i don't know just like all these conditions that we think need to be met for us to be happy when in reality we can just embrace it all you know and just like wrap our arms around every part of ourselves even the parts that are really broken um and really practice that and the more that we the more i've realized like i treat myself with compassion the more naturally my compassion flows to other people, you know, and it's so full circle too, because this is the, this is also the Christ message too, you know, 
love your neighbor as yourself, like love your, your enemies, you know, um, it's all been such a beautiful journey. So, uh, but that's, that's sort of a little bit of the story of how I got here. When you, um, were in Peru, what did you have, what, what preconceived notions did you have of, of what you were getting yourself into when you decided to take the, uh, the vine of death? I tried to go into it, you know, everyone told me to like set aside any expectations and that the, the, the medicine will show you what it needs to show you. And I think I made a really good effort in that. But yeah, I mean, it's sort of, I could take hours like telling the story of uh, what that experience was like. Um, but also I, I don't want to get too sidetracked. <laughs> Oh, I know. I, I am. I'm curious about it, and maybe I want to know this. What, what was the story? What happened? Yeah. Um, no, I'm always happy to share it, but also with the preface that I think everyone's experience is so unique, and you know, in telling this, like this is my experience, and it can somebody can have a completely different experience, like going into these ceremonies you know it's a lot of purification ahead of time you're out i mean uh there's a you're out. I, I got a, a diet right there's a sort of a diet the dieta. Oh. yeah and like i flew into iquitos and then got dropped off at the end of like a dirt road and then walked into the jungle um and was like completely off grid uh like in a thatch hut you know and that in itself was like a trip you know like at night like listening to the jungle and there's no lights and no sounds and you know just like in this and the only thing that's separating you from the jaguars is like this little you know these little like reeds and stuff you know these little thatch huts that was really wild um and that was medicine too i'd say like you know all in all these things set and setting as as they say um is key and then having the guide of the shaman you know um so yeah, it was a lot of preparations ahead of time and there were um, a number of ceremonies and on the last one, uh, you know, and they kind of ease you into it because I do have like a family history of bipolar stuff and schizophrenia and, you know, just mental health stuff that um, I haven't experienced firsthand, but like runs in my family, which can be a risk. So they start you off with small doses, you know, and like I had some really cool insights or just beautiful meditations and sort of a little bit of some visions, but just like this, um, it was really grounding, you know, like uh, in my practice, like I had a vision early on. I remember one of them was like, I was doing my deep breathing, just deep breath and like meditation lying there in the ceremonial hall, which is a big circle. And like, I had this vision every time I breathed in, it was like, I was actually picturing the California coastline, like Big Sur, like kind of the you know, redwoods and like a rocky beach. And every time I breathed in, it was like the ocean, like I was the beach and the coast and the ocean was coming up over me. And then as I breathed out, the ocean was, you know, drawing back and pulling trash and debris and like whatever off of, you know, out of me. And, I, and it just felt so cleansing to have the ocean just like washing over me with each wave. Um, just little things like that. Um, but a bunch of small things that were just really powerful. And then 
the final ceremony I went to, they, the shaman invited me to do combo, which is like another plant medicine. Tree. It's a tree fro frog venom that they like squeeze onto a plank then of they, wood. They take a little hot poker and they'll burn three dots and then they'll take a knife. And once it scabs, they'll like pick the scab open and then they so take, take like the little bit of combo and like dip it right onto your tissue. Um, and when you, when you feel it, when it hits you, it's, I mean, you don't, you're not having a psychedelic per se experience, but it's just, as this rush of like, you just feel like super alive and super alert and like sensations are really strong. Like everything is just hyper like focused. Um, and the, the hunters use it actually in the Amazon too, or they use it when they're hunting is what I was told as well, which makes sense. You're just, your senses are really sharp. But you can also have like extreme amounts of purging, they call it, or cleansing, uh, throwing uh, up. And like I, for whatever, it sat well with me. And I just sat there breathing and practicing my meditation. And the shaman asked me if I wanted another round. So he gave me three more and I kept holding it. And then he asked if I wanted three more. And I ended up having nine of these dots. So that was also a preface. And I was like, yeah. I was like, I feel ready. And, you know, I went into it with the intention. You go into the ceremonies with, with a prayer or an intention and I just ask just show me whatever it is that you know just help me to grow um and so I went into it that ceremony and was given my first cup of ayahuasca and lie down and then the shaman came by and asked if I wanted another one and I took a second cup and I just kept holding it it was like this and I've heard stories like this before from other people it's like it's it's sort of like the plant, the medicine like is like holding back its force so that you continue thinking you can hold it. So mm -hmm. I went for my third one and after the third one, it unleashed. <laughs> and it was like <laughs> really intense. Uh, it was scary. I um, could feel like a darkness just descending in the whole room and inside of me. And I, and I was getting hot and I was, and I had to go uh, purge, like, you know, and they say that this is part of the purification, you know, this is like the, the negative, all this stuff you built up in, over your, you know, life. And I was, and I like ripped off all my clothes and was lying on the floor shaking and I could feel like it just kept growing and growing and growing in this darkness. And suddenly I, I just remember like feeling like, I suddenly was leaving my body. I was being drugged like by my fingernails, like out of reality into like this blackness, this dark hole um, of nothingness. And like, I was, I thought I was dying and I thought it was, you know, like I suddenly all my fears sort of like fired off and I was like, Oh my God, this is God help me. Like this is demonic. Even it's hard to describe. It was like an existential. It was the most painful fucking scariest thing in my life um just being drugged into nothingness and like and i left my body and i was just clinging on the you know the edges of a wormhole and fighting with every thing you know and just screaming out of my deep in my soul and i didn't have a body anymore and i just was getting crushed you know and i eventually i mean just i fought it with everything i had and then i was defeated and i was smitten you know smitten into nothing and 
as soon as that happened and the struggle was over and I no longer existed, there was no I, I was suddenly one with this, with all the darkness, all the blackness, which I love like the, this, you know, the explanation of black being the culmination of all color. Um, it's like I was one with the universe, with God, and I was just wrapped in this love and in this peace and this joy. Right. I, yeah, it was like I was out of time and I was just in complete uh, oneness with everything. And it was nirvana. It was heaven, you know, it was like, but not even as I ever imagined it. It was just, I never, I like could have stayed there forever. Um, and I don't know how long I was there, um, but it was profound. And at some point I felt my breath come rising back up into the, you know, the edges of the universe where I was, I suddenly felt, you know, like my breath and I got suddenly sucked back down to earth and like came out, you know, just like came into my breath of my body and was just weeping, covered in shit and puke and like curled up on the floor, just sobbing and feeling such a release of joy and like healing. And like I'd been given my life back. Um, and it was, I felt like I was newly born covered in shit and feces, just like a little baby, you know, coming out of the womb. And I was just shaking and crying and just like, oh my God, like, it's so like love, like God is with me. God is here. Love is real. Like, oh my God, like, holy shit. Like, and it was, shook me to the core. And I like walked into the meditation hall, butt naked, covered in shit and puke, you know, just glowing. Like the shaman, the shaman knew what was, what I was going to be going but, through. But it came over with like the, the tobacco and the branches and started like, you know, running me down with tobacco, but, you know, just sort of cleansing me and purifying me. And I was just crying and crying like, Oh my God, God, like God is real. Like this is, you know, just like love is my purpose here. And um, anyway, that was kind of the experience. And then after that, um, I just felt that glow of it, of that experience with me for, for a while. But it, when I left the, the jungle, I think like three days later and went back into Iquitos and back into society, it was a really hard landing um, and really, really, I mean, I was so sensitive and I just remember weeping. I was trying to follow the, the dieta, like no salt, like no, you know, vegan pretty much, no sugar, even no sex and no drugs and alcohol, like I was trying to sort of stay in that zone, yeah. you know, and, and then for, for actually like a year afterwards, like if I had any altered state of consciousness, like I actually had like trauma, my body, it was traumatized by that death experience. And like anytime I couldn't drink alcohol or smoke, like even a tiny bit of weed or anything like that. I mean, I, I'd be prone to panic attacks like my body would start react, like thinking I was slipping back out of my sanity. I mean, I, that's what I felt like too, at the time I should should have mentioned, like, I felt like I was losing my sanity or losing my life. And it, yeah. And then just, you know, I kind of got, luckily I, I kind of had made a few friends like who could, who I could confide in uh, and my friend who recommended it originally. And it was a process of 
um, integration, you know, that took me a, a, quite a long time to like find the new tools, you know, meditation, um, and yeah, just like a, a diet and just like a, a new way of being that, that like helped give me the stability to get back on my feet with this new experience and to integrate it into my new shifted, completely shifted worldview, which is one of oneness, you know, um, and yeah, leaving the church during that time was like very emotional for me too, like, um, and just starting this new chapter. So, so yeah, that, I don't know if that answers your, or that's hopefully that's not too much details, but that's, that's kind of a bit of the cliff notes version of what I experienced in my ayahuasca journey. Would you, after that um, experience, did you have any, I guess in the back of my head, I'm kind of relating it to, to, to a similar experience. Um, yeah, go for it. What's yours? Well, well, okay. what I'm interested in is about the reintegration process. And mm-hmm. that is, because uh, that is what, I think that's still my, my, I'm still reintegrating, um, from, from what sounded, sounds, uh, energetically like a very similar experience and, and, yeah. And, um, could you tell me the story or, or the experience? Could you share that? I just, it would be help for context maybe to, and then we can link, you know, maybe integration. Yeah. uh, And talk about integration. Yeah. My experience was, you know, before I had no, other than sort of an intellectual understanding, a very sort of mind-based understanding of, like, I don't even know if I knew what the words, you know, had no connection to the word like spirituality, you know, anything, everything was just very like, it is as it is, you know, there's not, I don't know, just very much stuck in, I don't know, it's, it's so hard to explain, you know, it's so hard to explain the, the shift. Um, but I, you know, I had done, mine was not necessarily drug induced. Now I, I took mushrooms at, at a at a at a party uh like a like a burning man after party in san francisco for just for fun and it was a small amount and i had a very fun feeling of like oh my gosh like everybody's just looking for love like it was just this floated in my head and everybody that i saw i just felt this like deep kinship because I knew that's what I was looking for. And that's what I knew they were looking for. And, in the, and it just broke down these barriers. And it, it, it was simple. It was really simple and but very moving. And just allowed me in some ways to just engage with anybody. And just like kind of talk to them and put down a lot of my guards. And become very interested in their stories. And it was, it was like a small amount of mushrooms, you know, that I had gotten from this hippie dude. Say, you know, Carl Boat, <laughs> Carl... I have him in my phone, so I was like sailboat Carl, and because uh, he lived in a he lived in a sailboat in um in uh, right outside of San Francisco on the other side of the uh, the bridge there is Sausalito, right? And um, 
Mm-hmm. I got yeah. a job of, off Craigslist from him, like remodeling a house. And uh, he was just a total hippie. And uh, we did some mushrooms and he's like, let's go to a birdie man thing. And um, we did. And I had this experience. And, you know, and so after that, um, I, you know, there was a couple things that happened. Uh, the second thing that happened was so I had that kind of experience and it was really fun. And after that, I was just like, wow, like I just kind of became super interested in spirituality. That should be the better way. Like all of a sudden I just was like, mm. had this like ferocious appetite for anything like that. Like I was listening to music in a whole new way. I'd hear people. I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is very similar. Like bands that I had listened to before that were maybe more like spiritually minded that I didn't really know, but all of a sudden I could like hear their music, you know, I'm um, thinking of like, you know, guys like, um, um, like Trevor Hall or like, uh, there was mm. one really specific one. Xavier Rudd. Xavier Rudd, specifically yeah. Xavier Rudd. I was like, oh my God, like this guy knows what I'm talking about because like you, I couldn't find any context for what I experienced, but all of a sudden I started like hearing it in music and I was like really moved by music. And would just like come into tears and be like, oh, wow. Like, and like, it was like, it was almost like, and I was like sober, you know, but like these songs were being sung to me from the universe. (laughs) It was kind of the, like, that was like the felt experience of it where I was like, it was like, I was getting almost like messages and like these little breadcrumbs to be like, go this way, go this way. And that's so real. And it's real. It's not even imagined like the more, or at least that's something I realized is like, this life is actually very magical and the universe is sending us signals and signposts and breadcrumbs all the time all and the time. We, we just have the eyes to see it so that's cool though that you started i mean was that was the psilocybin experience would you say a catalyst for you getting out of you know like your addiction or you know like that was the original shift that drew you into this path i mean that's pretty powerful well, I, I don't know that I would say that. I think because it's been a long integration process, probably because I'm a bit of a stubborn, slow learner. But one of my issues was that the experience was so beautiful and so profound that I really wanted to hold on to it. And I think a lot of my integration process has been um, understanding that you can't really hold on to things, you know, good or bad. It's about experiencing them as they are and letting them go. And, mm-hmm. um, I never felt the peace that I had felt before I, I had this sort of, I wanted to just call it an awakening experience. And I, the closest thing that I could connect to would be called a Kundalini awakening. And I'm pretty sure everything I've read is that is what happened to me. And that little psilocybin thing was not the big thing. That was a little like switch that just opened up up my consciousness to being open to different things. And I, I remember a couple of things. I, I wanted to like read books on stuff. And so I read this book called conversations with God. I don't know if you've read it, but it was um, it's an, it's an amazing book, man. It's an amazing book. And it's a story of a guy who basically, you know, he, as he puts it, he channeled a book. He was looking for God, had no connection with anything and was just like kind of asking, like, 
is God real or, or something of sort? I might be butchering this a little bit, but all of a sudden mm-hmm. he was like, he basically wrote a book that he channeled where he would ask questions and then the responses would come. And I listened to it on audio tape. And as I would listen to this book, I would just start weeping. And I was just like, oh my God. Like, like I understand, like, I get it. I get it. I get it. Like it just removed all of the judgment, all of the, it, it explained just how we create our own realities through judgment and through the ideas that we hold and through our own perceived, our own perceptions, we create our reality and that, um, there's no sin. Like there's no hell that you go off into. There's not, and, and it just regurgitating it even now, it's not, it was the felt experience was so embodied in me from reading a book like sober and just being just filled consistently with like tears and, and in some ways like energy, like where I would just felt moved and I'd never felt really moved in my entire life. Like since then I've had feelings of like being feeling very moved and like feeling very like, wow. And, um, connected, but it was just like, I was, there was a, there was a film on reality that was removed. And all of a sudden I just realized again, like it was back to like, it's all about love. Love is everywhere as long as you're willing to tap into it. And so I would be reading these books and I just kept reading more and more books. I really got into meditation at this time. And I would kind of have these, um, I don't know, I was just, I became very, very interested in in just sort of exploring my consciousness, meditation, um, connection with people. And um, at a certain point, I was driving home, I think it was Thanksgiving, the day after Thanksgiving, and I was in my car when this happened. It was as if like, dude, it was the weirdest. There is so much, there's so much, but like, I would like be meditating on a bench. Like I would have went to like a high school and was like sitting on the bleachers of a baseball field, just myself. And just was like, felt like that. I, every once in a while I would feel a little bit of a disconnect, disconnection from like spirit or whatever you want to call. And I would feel so sad. And I'd be like, 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 are you there? You know, like kind of like what happened, you know, and just kind of like, like, please don't leave me, please don't leave me. And then just like wind, which is a like whip up around me. <laughs> and, and then I would just be like brought to t- tears again. It just felt like I was in, interacting with the universe around me. Like it was, everything was so visceral and real. And I was just like, just felt so much connection and aliveness. And I'm driving home from, that happened like the day before. And it was very profound. Maybe when I re-say it, it just doesn't, but in my head, it was just like, oh my God, like what, it was magic. Like magic was all around me. I was, I was, it was magic, man. And um, I was driving home and I was just in a deep sense of like, kind of feeling just like that connection and just like on, on fire, just being like, I can't wait to see where my life goes. Like I'm, I'm, this is what I've been looking for my entire life. Like I found it, man. Like I am, I found it. And like all that judgment and hatred that I had for myself was just completely wiped away. It was just gone. Like I just, I loved myself. I accepted myself. I accepted my everyone around me. And 
And, um, and in some ways I was obnoxious because I really, like you said, I was trying to find other people who would like, could hear me, but I felt like no one could hear me. And I was like interacting mm -hmm. with people and being like, you're not hearing what I'm saying. <laughs> so like, you need to go to a psych ward. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, so what was happening? Uh, what was happening in the car? Well, sorry. Not to when I, so when I was driving home, like uh, basically there was like a energy that like a ball of energy is the best way I can explain it. That was like released from like my like root chakra just started like energy was just running up through my body and out my head and like hitting each like point in my body and just exploding with energy each chakra was that each chakra, each chakra and then it was yeah. it was exploding like out of my head and i was like hysterical like i was laughing i was crying i was i was i was beside myself i had to pull over and um because I couldn't drive. I I, drove, I parked right, it was happening like right over the, the Golden Gate Bridge. And I pulled over um, to like actually that like visitor, like tourist area and just let these waves and waves and waves of energy. And it was almost unbearable, like almost unbearable. And um, just so much tears, so much laughter, so much just connection was just like, just exploding through my body. And um, it lasted for, for a few months, like not that intense, but I just went, woke into this world of like spirituality, man. Like it was a world of not needing anything. Like I could sit on a bench in a park in like the deepest peace, you know, and I did all the time. Like I would wake up and like have, you know, some coffee and just go outside and just like sit or some tea and just, I, would, I was walking everywhere and I was just listening to music and I, I was a different person and I was just, I would go on, like I would just sleep in my car I remember like I just felt in some ways like I was all my baggage was gone and I felt like a free man like I'm doing uh like I'm doing Bikram yoga I think a lot I just started getting into a lot of like things that were all I think combining I was getting into meditation at the time like daily meditation I was just started yoga so I think I was just like opening up a lot of stuff that just made my like vessel prime for the experience like prime for the experience and two, I should say that there's a, there's a history of mental illness in my family and bipolar. And part of that experience, like I am so open to being like, was maybe like, I would have never diminish it to a manic episode, but it had unhealthy, ten it had some like magical thinking that was a little bit too far detached from reality. And I think it was because I just had no container for it. I had no community around me. I had no, and I would just like research, like what is happening to me? Something is happening to me. I am, something crazy is happening to me. And I was just researching and researching. And the Kundalini awakening is what you reached, you think? It was very, yeah. it was, yeah, and it was really, Sounds like it. it was really, it was really beautiful and very like destabilizing because I just kind of thought that my problems were gone. 
they were gone in a way, but like, I kind of just stopped engaging with like, you know, you still have to pay your bills. You know what I mean? Like you do still need to work. You still need to do these things. And I was just stuck mm-hmm. in like bliss land. And, um, you Ride know, the wave. what's that? Right in the wave. <laughs> yeah. So, and yeah, so I was like smoke, I was continuing to like smoke pot and, um, you know, that's, that, you know, that was, that's probably been my more like addictive tendencies, just like is marijuana and, um, mm-hmm. it hasn't been really like acute, like horrible stuff. It's just been kind of like, okay, mm-hmm. so, so you just, just do away with, with substances and, um, that, so, I hope that also wasn't too long-winded, but the integration. No, no, but integration, yeah. Yeah, integration um, has been, I think you said it really well last time we were talking and it really resonated with me where you, I got blasted to the top of the mountain and I got a real cool view of what, like, of like love and bliss and like, um, you know, deep meaning and connection. And then I got draft back, dropped back off to like, go do the work. And since then, yeah. my process has been a process of realizing that I have a lot of work to do. You know, I have a lot of, but I have a different context of looking at it, which is not shame-based. It's not fear-based. It's like, oh, like, this is my journey in this life. Like, I, I very much feel in some ways like that, I've lived many lives, you know, like, and this is not my first go round and that there's a karmic, I have a karmic path and I have, I have, um, things that I get to, that I get to choose to work on and I don't have to work on everything, but I get to choose to work on what I want to work on in order to further, you know, the evolution of my soul, you know, is, is kind of how I, I feel in a lot of ways, or at least it's the sort of the, the way I don't know that it's a belief, you know, because I don't, I think belief almost waters it down or it makes it something I have to hold on to, but it's, it feels true to me and it works for me in my framework. When I, when challenges come my way, I get to sort of say, you know, you can work on this or you don't have to, but like the only way out is through. So, you know, you can look at it or you, or you don't have to, but there's peace on the other end. Yeah, it's real. Like, like there's but it's a choice too. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. It's, it's how you grasp onto things. So, I guess my biggest thing is that I was blasted off. I was blasted into bliss land, man. I was blasted off into just like yeah, <laughs> like I am almost enlightened, you know, kind of, and it lasted for a really long time, and then I got dropped dropped back into like having that experience, I got dropped, like the, the euphoria wore off. And I didn't like that. I wasn't very happy that the euphoria was, was wore off. And since then it's been this, that's never left me. Like that is so embodied. And so I just know for myself that it's mm-hmm. like, we're, we're in a cosmic world, man. And, um, and it's the only really thing that I'm interested in. Like it's the, it's, it is my path. And so now integration to me just looks at like loving myself, learning that I have tendencies and, and things and that there is beauty and peace and working through those things and that I'm going to come, come across myself. Like I'm going to run into my 
dense shadow and working through mm-hmm. that shadow is a beautiful and sometimes painful process, but one that like mm-hmm. I've clearly like signed up for. And I am so much more happy. <laughs> like I'm, I am, I'm in man. Like I, I have, I have accepted the challenge. And so finding other people and just finding ways to like finding the next step, finding the next breadcrumb, finding, you know, finding peace in my daily life, um, connecting with myself, connecting with nature. Like it all just is really a beautiful experience and one that I would never, ever, ever want to go back from, but not one that I would also like wish necessarily on anybody. Like, I think it's something that you need to sort of choose to take on yourself like the awakening process or whatever you want to call it is i'm not saying this from like an ego standpoint like it's a there is a cross involved and i don't know that it is better or there's like there's no hierarchy in this thing at all it's a process of like more of like undoing like not of Mm. achieving of like unraveling and like dissolving um i don't know yourself in a way Mm -hmm. likes and dislikes and like latching Latching. impermanence uh, like latching on to good and really struggling against things that are difficult you know like these human tendencies these deeply ingrained patterns and habits that many much of most of which are probably just inherited or ancestral traumas and avoidance and just survival you know things that have been useful to us you know like maybe for survival but are now like we're entering the age of Aquarius you know like we're entering this new realm beyond survival and we need to like let go uh, of these things that are just really limiting um, which is it's all just part of the the journey yeah yeah, preferences are can be quite constricting, you know, like, 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 and it's okay to have preferences too, but like, you can question your preferences and it's kind of exciting, you know, to be like, what is it, you know, mm-hmm. anyways, that was, I, I think I kind of touched on the, the integration process, which for me is, you can go to the top of the mountain and it's cool and it's beautiful and very like revolutionary um Mm -hmm. but the work is still there and i am very much still doing the work i am not enlightened (laughs) and i am not um um you know i have a lot of work to do but that's you know i'm okay with that you know i'm I'm way more okay with that and um Mm -hmm. i am more you know more and more you know, I just sort of try to open myself up to my work as opposed to fight it. And that's, I guess what I'm kind of trying to ask you is what Mm -hmm. did you, how, how long were you in a, if at all, like blissed out or in that sort of that place where you don't quite feel like your feet are on the ground. That's probably the best way I could put it. Like now I can, I can relate to just about anybody a lot more, but before I was always kind of like, do you know what I know? Kind of like, you know, and, and now it's just like, that is, it's fun to connect with people, but I find connection a lot more easier 
then maybe like the year or so after I had that experience. And I'm curious about your experience. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty similar. I think, um, like that feeling leaving me that, that comfort, you know, from the mountain, just being like, just that huge download or whatever you want to call it of just like information where you're like, Oh my God, this is so beautiful. Look what's possible. Uh, and yeah, we were using that analogy in a, in a earlier conversation, which you mentioned of like, actually drugs, like being a useful tool in that way that take you to the top of the mountain, show you what's possible. And then you're back down and not just drugs, obviously, but any of these experiences that are these initiatory experiences into uh yeah like just opening our eyes to the supernatural to like to the magic of this world to like the deep uh reality of just like this existence um and what's possible but yeah for me uh maybe it wasn't quite yeah i don't know if it was quite as you know it's really short-lived um like once I was back in civilization, I got swept into back into work running sailboats and, you know, like didn't have a lot of people to talk this over with. Luckily, you know, one of the things I'm so grateful for is just living in this, this time in this place, you know, having access to podcasts and audiobooks and resources to, to grow or to like absorb and to educate ourselves like in these some of them, you know, m many of them are just like a, an evolution of, of practices and techniques and tools, especially in meditation. Um, but others, you know, like some of the breathwork stuff, you know, that and like some of the work of, I mean, I really love like where science is meeting spirituality nowadays, like Andrew Huberman and Wim Hof and some of these people. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, everything, man, just like I'm echoing like everything you said, I think, um, yeah, finding ways to, I mean, like just being in the middle of the work, like that's exactly where I am. And I would, I would say too, you know, just venture to say that that's kind of the intention I think we both have in this podcast is um, some accountability even to ourselves just to you know because we have these conversations all the time anyway and I, I know about for you but for me definitely just like yeah having an excuse to have these conversations and to share them to share notes in case anybody it helps anybody else you know especially people maybe coming from the background we have of like a conservative religious christian upbringing um i think uh i think that's sort of that's why we're here and this is this is the work we're doing so um, but yeah man I really appreciate you sharing today and um, yeah this has been a really cool conversation I think just like a nice primer you know and just like kind of just surfing around checking out like our past you know and um, sort of what brought us here and um, yeah man I really appreciate you taking the time to and your presence and just your your words and your story which is medicine for you and medicine for me um and, and all of us you know we're all in this together so i love you man love you too man thank you and i'm excited to do it again yeah yeah sure we'll be having more conversations and creating some more content together i'd love that yeah
I think uh, I think the stage has been set. Yeah, man, totally agreed. Well, brother, blessings to you. Be well, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. All right, catch you later. All right, see you, brother.